Yo. Come on and slam and welcome to the cat. Oh, my balls, my wrist. Ow. <laughs> oh, we might. I think you might actually be stuck. Tanner, no. Tanner, pull yourself out of it, man. You're stronger than this. July 25th, 2021, a day that will live in infamy. Hi, welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast. I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. Hi, I'm Austin Sweebelman. <laughs> I will never be able to top an intro like that. Um, you can also call me Joseph Varenik. <laughs> We're definitely using that one. Today, as I've said last week and also the week before, I get knocked down, but I get up again. We're going to talk about the Space Jam. Tanner, uh, before we do, uh, has anyone ever told you that you're the Cole Young of the group? He's saying you're the best dad in the group. All right, today we're talking about Space Jam, Dads Learn to Rock, uh, which is basically the plot of the movie is a dad <laughs> learning to rock. When we first started doing this podcast, for about the first seven episodes, uh, we didn't have structure. We just vibed. We just talked. But when uh, Vrenik here hosted the Snyder Cup podcast, he introduced the idea of asking questions, which has never been done before in human history. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Until now. Because I, it's fucking Space Jam. What the fuck do you want from me? You think I'm going to be able to come up with complex questions? Oh, what'd you think when Bugs Bunny shot his pants? Like, it's Space Jam. What am I going to do? No questions, all right? More vibes. Tanner, what about the academic papers? What about the dialectical? Tanner. Fuck them. I am president of Harvard. I am Harvard Law. I am John Harvard Law. And what I say is the law. We're just going to vibe and talk about the new Space Jam movie, but let's vibe about another movie real quick. Uh, mostly the original Space Jam. What do you guys think of the original Space Jam, man? I I haven't watched it in a hot minute, but I want to say the last time I watched it was maybe like a year and a half ago or so. Uh, you don't have a religion where you watch it once a year like me? No. Uh, good, good. Uh, I'm changing it to once a month, though. If you want to continue crashing on my couch, you have to watch Space Jam every month. <laughs> All right. Austin, you just watched you recently, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, like uh, two nights ago. Right, yeah, and I believe you said this was more of a real movie than the new one? Yeah, yeah, on my, my Twitter <laughs> that I never let anybody into, I said that Space Jam is more of a like a, a conventional, well, well-rounded movie, and that may be because I saw the Ivan Reitman credit in the beginning, and I was just like, hey, I know that guy. He's not a cynical maniac. It's Ivan Reitman. He made the Ghostbusters. It's got some structural things that I just like more than more than this movie. Not that I I listen. I was dropped on my head a lot as a kid. I fell and hit my head more than almost anybody I know. And as a result of that, I have I have the most dodgy short term memory. But I can still like critique film pretty well. But have you guys noticed that it seems really inconsistent? I can't get a read on what the popular consensus of Space Jam is. There is none, because millennials have ruined everything. One through line I liked about the old Space Jam was the players who got their talent taken away, right? It has so many more gags to the movie, because in this one, the real world stakes don't come in until way later, and it's done kind of differently. Whereas in Space Jam, the aliens from War on Mountain go, and they, they drain the talent ooze out of those massive basketball players, and you watch these people just trying to live lives as giant men who can no longer play basketball, which, as everyone knows, is the most marginalized class in America. 
You know, that's especially funny because one of the players, I believe, uh, Sean Bradley. Let me double check. Yeah, Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues was another one who was uh, not a good player. No, no, fuck you, Muggsy. Muggsy was five foot three and he played in the NBA, all right? He was a damn good basketball player. Sean Bladwee was seven foot seven and didn't know how to wipe his ass after he took a shit, all right? The man was absolutely clueless on the goddamn basketball court. You gave him a basketball. You know what his skill was? Tall. He was tall. All right? Back in the 1990s, if you were seven foot tall, there was a 20% chance you could make the NBA even if you did not know how to play basketball, all right? The 90s was a terrible fucking time in the NBA. I mean, it was great. Because there was Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, all these amazing great players. And then there were seven foot five white guys that did not even know how to shoot the basketball that were allowed to play because they're tall. These people made millions of dollars. They made millions of dollars and they didn't do anything. But, but the owners are billionaires. Therefore, it's based wealth redistribution. Sean Bradley doesn't know how to play basketball, which is really weird because everyone else in that movie, Barkley, Ewing, Bogues, are decent basketball. Two of those are Hall of Famers and Muggsy Bogues. Again, he was five foot three. They even make jokes about his height in that movie, if I remember correctly. Right. No, they do. It's a goddamn miracle he could play in the NBA, and that's a testament to his talent. All right. So, Joe Vrenick, I will not hear Muggsy Bogues slander on this podcast. Okay. Something weird happened that I also tweeted about. So, I cry a lot in movies. I have the same thing as Tanner. We're very emotional dudes. So the opening comes on a Space Jam. And most people can remember it's like young Michael Jordan and his supportive father. You know, the opening sequence is the birth of a hero. But then R. Kelly's I Believe I Could Fly is playing. And it came on and the weirdest shit happened. I like started to like almost cry like really hard. I was like, what's happening? It was like this flood of emotions. Like you were a child once. We're just like fucking whacking me. I don't even know if I can provide an objective analysis of Space Jam because I feel like one of the Black Widow people. I feel like I was indoctrinated into the cult of Space Jam. (laughs) One of us. One of us. Yeah, when it comes to a movie called Space Jam, even more than the Fast and Furious movies, these are not movies you can actually look at critically. So I am a huge fan of Space Jam. Anyone who knows me, the first ever letter, the first ever review I did on Letterboxd was a five-star review of Space Jam where I called it the greatest movie ever made, all right? <laughs> That's a bit of a meme, but I fucking love Space Jam because I love the Looney Tunes. And I love basketball. Basketball is like the one sport I actually play sometimes, even though I'm uh, five foot ten and three hundred and fifty pounds. And if I walk too funny, I sprain my ankle seven times. <laughs> All right. I actually try to play basketball sometimes. I suck at it. But, you know, it's fun because it's basketball. All you need is a ball and a hoop. It's one of the easiest games to play. Um, so I love Space Jam. And you think, oh, Tanner's like a millennial type person. He probably saw it when he was a kid and he watched Michael Jordan play. And that's why I like said, first off, I'm not a millennial. I am apparently a Zoomer, which I only found out when I was 21 years old that I wasn't a millennial. And that still fucks with me. Number two, I didn't watch Space Jam when I was a kid. The first time I watched Space Jam, I was 17 years old and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was art. I was 17 years old and I thought Space Jam is a fucking masterpiece, all right? So if that doesn't show I have severe brain damage, I don't know what does. It's it's almost irrational, my love for Space Jam. But it's Space Jam, all right? It's fucking Space Jam. Space Jam it almost isn't a movie. Space Jam feels more like a, a void into another universe, not too dissimilar to our own. When I finished watching the new Space Jam, I felt like I just smoked meth for three weeks straight, all right? Let's get on to the new Space Jam. I saw it with Rennick in theaters 
Austin probably watched it at home like a normal person. The discourse around the new Space Jam movie is that it sucks. Everyone hates it. It's just a bum corporate mismatch. That's what people are saying, right? I'm fairly confident none of us, at least in here, feel that way. You're watching one of the few videos on the internet that mostly is positive about the new Space Jam movie, unless Reddick decides to blow my mind. Tanner. Oh, you're about to blow my mind? This is worse than Malcolm and Marie. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, I don't <laughs> believe you. That's a lie. <laughs> Liar! Lies! Deception! Honestly, if I say anything is worse than Malcolm and Marie, you're going to have to double check with me. But yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> and I, don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't think anything will ever top that. <laughs> I know. I know. I think the most lukewarm of us is you, Vrenik. Austin was like, yeah, it's fine. Me. I'm like, yeah, I liked it. What do we think of the new Space Jam, guys? A fucking open court. Balls in your court. Anyone go. Here's kind of my approach to... Uh, Space Jam A New Legacy, it's kind of on the same vein as Tanner, except the the way that I view the original Space Jam is it's just one long commercial. And as a commercial, it's perfect. (laughs) So that's kind of how I approached Space Jam A New Legacy. As a commercial, it's fine. However, uh, as much as I did enjoy my time watching the movie, I do think the biggest problem that uh, Space Jam A New Legacy has is that it tries to be more of a movie than the original Space Jam. (laughs) I remember this take. Like, there is an actual, like, structured plot to this movie. There's, like, better established conflicts. And, I mean, they kind of drop it, but I feel like they were trying to have, like, some kind of commentary on how the Looney Tunes have just kind of dropped out of the pop culture zeitgeist. But they don't really explore anything like that at all. Kind of wish that they would have, though, because one of the movies that I was thinking of while watching this was um, the 2011 Muppets reboot. Like these characters haven't been around in a while. We kind of forgot about them and what was so magical about them to begin with. I honestly kind of hate to say this because I hate that um, a lot of uh, our generation, like the only way that they know the Looney Tunes is is through Space Jam. This is back in action slander. Hey, I love Back in Action. Back in Action is the best Looney Tunes movie. You slander it. You slander it. I will not slander Looney Tunes Back in Action, but people do not like that movie. People love Space Jam, though. And that's why there's like a bunch of fucking merchandise for it, like Hot Topic and Box Lunch and Spencer's and shit. I mean, come on. The Toon Squad logo is just perfect. This was probably the like the perfect vehicle to bring the Looney Tunes back into the zeitgeist. I kind of wish that they would have commented about that a little bit more because they have like a really good setup, but it doesn't really pay off in the end. And my God, if they had actually like tried to make the movie about that and also have the quote unquote Bugs Bunny death at the end, that would have fucked with me. Like if they had actually taken the time to flesh that kind of plot out, um, I probably would have actually been crying. I grew up with the Looney Tunes. I was not a Disney kid. I was a Warner Brothers kid. So the Looney Tunes are very near and dear to my heart. Eat shit, Mickey Mouse. Bugs Bunny is where it's at. It's funny you say that because when we walked out of Space Jam, I said the thing that they could have changed about this movie to make it better if Bugs stayed dead. And you were so adamantly opposed to what I had said. No, (laughs) I don't don't want Bugs Bunny to die. That would have been the the death of Optimus Prime and Transformers the movie for me. You mean based? You mean cool? It would have fucked with me emotionally, man. I would not be okay. Down with corporate property. 
kill the bunny, kill the duck, kill the granny. Slowly. Yeah, yeah. I've got one thing that happened sort of behind the scenes is when I was editing the Transformers podcast, especially for the whole question on the death of Optimus Prime, when I'd replay the footage and have to hear him keep saying, do not grieve, I would still keep crying because (laughs) it's like something from my childhood I thought would always be around dying right in front of me. And so when Bugs Bunny died in the movie, I was like sitting there with the same exact thing. Like, no, this movie does not get to kill Bugs Bunny. (laughs) If this movie killed Bugs Bunny, that'd be the ballsiest fucking move a corporate movie has ever done. I swear to God. Iron Man dies in Infin- in Endgame? Fuck you. Bugs Bunny dies in Space Jam 2. Suck my dick a boogaloo. That would have made him one of the greatest movies ever made. Here's my pitch. This movie should have been an Infinity War movie. All right? The Looney Tunes die. LeBron fails. We think all hope is lost. What do you have to do in the next Space Jam movie? That's right. You got to call Michael Jordan. And then MJ and LeBron team up to save the Looney Tunes. That would have been the greatest fucking movie ever made. They got to go back in time, grab Chuck Jones, and make him reanimate all the Looney Tunes. <laughs> they have to grab Chuck Jones, the director of the first. That's grab Bill Murray. Bill Murray is critical to this operation. By the way, wasn't it wild that Bill Murray was just in the credits? I, I honestly kind of half expected him to show up at the end and actually help out with the basketball game. Yeah, again. but you know what? The Michael B. Jordan appearance was also hilarious because first off, you predicted it. Oh, um, I'll, I'll tell this. So we were driving in to the movie theater. We were in my car and Tanner was telling me that there was going to be a scene that would basically melt my brain and make me feel like I was on meth. But here I am like trying to figure out uh, what that scene could be. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to venture a guess they're, they're going to try and recruit Michael Jordan, but it's not going to be the actual Michael Jordan. It's going to be Michael B. Jordan, isn't it? And then it fucking happened. <laughs> For the record, the sequence I was describing to him was the sequence where it just suddenly goes Austin Powers, Casablanca, whatever the third movie was. There was like Rick and Morty. Wonder uh, yeah, it was when Rick and Morty showed up. That's right. It, it went from Mad Max, 30 second pause, Austin Powers, Casablanca. Rick and Morty show up. This movie felt like the script was actually written in 2005 with, like, how the references are. What kid knows what the fucking Austin Powers is? What person below the age of 40 knows what Casablanca is? This feels like a really polished Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer movie during those parts. (laughs) Oh, you mean, like, the disaster movie? God. Epic movie, Meet the Spartans. It was like that. They're just, like, going through these these tiny little way-too-short scenes where it's just like, hey, you remember Play It Again, Sam? Yeah. It it almost works, though, because there's... I don't know what it was, but... Just seeing the mini-me scene, except with the baby Looney Tune, made me lose my shit. The Mad Max sequence was hilarious, especially because if you pay close attention, Tom Hardy is edited out and replaced with a Looney Tune. Hold on. The baby Looney Tune? I don't know their fucking names, Joe. Leave me alone. That's that's Elmer Fudd, you moron. I don't know what the fucking Elmer Fudd is. I would like to eat some fudge, though. Elmer Fudd is! I don't, I never watched the Looney Tunes growing up. The, uh, with the Mad Max sequence, did you notice that they edited out Tom Hardy? <laughs> I bet they couldn't get his likeness. <laughs> One thing I liked about this movie was in the beginning, they sort of set up the plot really well. Cause you'll notice like opening scene, LeBron James, his mom is calling him Bron, which sounds a lot like Tron. And this is Bron Legacy, you know? <laughs> Bron Legacy. God, I lost my shit when Ghetto Superstar played in that scene. He did. 
Do you remember when Dom's game broke when he, they tried to do LeBron's move inside the video game? God, yes. God, just brief aside, real quick, Renick. Remember when that scene happened in the theater? And I, I like out loud. I should have. I should have kept it to myself. But just out loud, I said, "That's not how making video games works." You, you <laughs> did say that. Yes. We've got to talk about that before. Oh my God, he's like scanning a snake with this thing that doesn't exist. He's fucking playing the tambourine. The tambourine was the most like, who the fuck wrote this moment? <laughs> I was I was watching that scene. That's the first time. That was the first hit of meth. I was losing my mind. Calvin's video game, it, it does that glitch when they try to do the uh, the step throw hoop thing. And uh, I was, <laughs> throw I, could, hoop. I could swear that that was Ali G Rhythm fucking with the relationship between Dom and his father. But really, it's revealed later because they use that glitch to, to kill Ali G Rhythm. Ball game. That uh, Dom did that all on his own, and that shows that he has a great, great future working for Bethesda. If he can make glitches <laughs> that strong, this dude's going to go out to make a Fallout game. I'm trying to figure out how he coded his game to let that happen, that not only does it crash the game, but it somehow deletes files from the game? How do you, how badly, where, are you just storing everything in RAM? Like, what are you doing? I don't understand how design, I don't understand how you could make a game that works and yet somehow is also able to do that. Those are two diametrically opposed forces. It makes no sense. Meth, methamphetamine. Breaking Bad! Jesse! Jesse! Jesse, we have to cook more meth! Oh, Mr. White! Jesse, I need you to cook meth for Space Jam! We're gonna break space, we're breaking jam! Cook more basketball meth, Jesse! If he can learn to harness the glitch, then he can make something like Doki Doki Literature Club. Imagine the game Doki Doki Literature Club, but with Ali G Rhythm instead of Monica. I think the only one of the few things that might have made this movie better is if like when LeBron gets transported to the world, he's just like, is that Don Cheadle? <laughs> and LG Rhythm's like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm like, you're, you're Don Cheadle. <laughs> it's, just, it's like that Mulaney bit. That, that would have made the movie so much better. What in the Cheadle hell? Do, do people in basketball call LeBron James King ever? That uh, King, that's one of his nicknames is King James. Oh! Oh! Uh, because he's also known as the Chosen One. You have to understand, LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16 years old. Back when being on the cover of Sports Illustrated was a big fucking deal. He's called the Chosen One? What? What is this bullshit? He has that tattooed on himself, the Chosen One. It's not his fault. ESPN and media outlets started calling him basically the the second coming of basketball Jesus. The second he started getting national attention. When the Cleveland Cavaliers won the draft lottery, they said, oh, so how do you feel about getting the first pick? They said, we're drafting LeBron James. NBA teams never telegraph who they're drafting in advance. But everyone knew they were drafting LeBron. You have to understand, LeBron James came into the league and he was immediately a twenty, a top 25 player, right? Around 2007, 2008, he became arguably the best player in basketball. It's been 13 years since he basically became the best player in basketball. He's 36 years old and he's still being widely considered one of the, basically the best player in basketball, right? Tom Brady's still the best quarterback in the NFL. LeBron James is the best, still the best player in the NBA, all right? Old heads are, are dominating sports and I don't like it. Go to town, Gramps. 
Well, I was misinformed. I thought he was just calling him King James because of that picture of him with a shirt that says King. And I was like, God, what if that's like Ali G's weakness is what shirt you're wearing? Like he identifies you as that. Like, what if LeBron was just wearing the hoodie that says college? <laughs> he sees Joe Vrenick and he's like, oh, that's that guy's a creep show. <laughs> Hello, creep show Vrenick. Hello, Papa Bless Tanner. Hello, Galaxy's Weebleman. <laughs> so you mentioned that they refer to him as like chosen one, right? I, I guess now it's starting to make sense why he put Trinity on his uh, fantasy basketball team instead of Neo. <laughs> that, that was something. So this movie just made me want to watch The Matrix because there's like so many fucking references to it. For starters, they drive up to the Warner Brothers lot. There's a big ass poster of the Matrix Revolutions like on one of the big buildings. <laughs> Which, by the way, why would you pick Revolutions? It would just be the original poster. <laughs> That's what I wanted to mention. It's like, why, why Revolutions? Because I'm one of the weird people that like Revolutions, but not everybody does. And that was also a box office bomb. There's no way they are going to use the Matrix Revolution to promote their studio. I have a theory. This just came to me. I think I know why they want put revolutions in that movie because they want people to watch it. So they're ready for matrix four. Fair. It's all corporate marketing boys. Boys we're shills. We're corporate shills. The truth is I am Walt Disney. <laughs> anyway, um, there, there, there's the other matrix references. They fly through a uh, matrix world and you hear the lobby shootout music as they're flying through it, which was fucking awesome. I, I would spend so much time in that world. The only other Warner Brothers property that would rival that would be Caddyshack. Caddyshack world. <laughs> I'd just be chilling out on the golf course with uh, Rodney Dangerfield. And then other than the scene where they go to get Granny, there's like that list that you see in the trailer where he's like writing down like all of the names of people he wants on his basketball team. So he has like Superman. Gandalf was on there in the trailer, but was removed and replaced with Trinity. He didn't pick Neo. He picked Trinity, which is great because Trinity needs more love, more Trinity love, please. It just made me want to go back home and just watch the Matrix and just kind of forget about Space Jam. Fox is a dick in this movie. This just occurred to me. LeBron James is clearly trying to create a super team that can actually win. And Bugs is like, I'm going to get the back together. It's my selfish intentions. Bugs almost killed them all. Bugs was almost responsible for all of them getting deleted. What the fuck, Bugs? I, again, this should have been a thing like the Muppets 2011. Like This should have been like a, a, a thing where he's like trying to actually prove that, oh, they're not useless. Because remember, they're also being called useless throughout the entire fucking movie. Warner Brothers making a movie about how the Looney Tunes are rejects is like a school shooter after the fact making videos about how each of his victims suck. Like, just releasing that shit on YouTube, just like, Tyler M, total joke, picked his nose in kindergarten. Just, I can't fucking believe it, Warner Brothers, you've done nothing, and then after years, you come out and you add insult injury, salt in the wound. Like, fuck, you did this, you made them rejects. They did. Warner Brothers making a movie calling the Looney Tunes reject is like if a white director made a movie called Assassination Nation that people didn't like, and then in response he used black actors <laughs> to make a movie called Malcolm and Marie to complain about his critics. I'm talking to you, Sam Levinson! Do you guys remember when Edward Snowden leaked that data to The Guardian that Warner Bros. is actually spying on all of us? Yes. That was in there. We didn't do anything about it. And now Ali G. Rhythm is so powerful that he captured LeBron James. What the fuck? Can we talk about how, like, Stephen Young is in this movie for, like, two minutes? 
Stephen Young and Sarah Silverman. Stephen Young is just inexplicably a Warner Brothers executive. And I was like, you you were nominated for Minari. In, in my opinion, you were probably my second choice for best actor. You're going to be in the next Jordan fucking Peele movie. You're like one of the hottest actors in Hollywood right now. Why are you in Space Jam? Because he's one of the hottest actors in Hollywood right now. Is this a movie 43 situation? Did he owe someone a favor? We don't know. <laughs> Austin's now like, God damn it, I need to find a copy of movie 43. <laughs> oh. Ah. Uh, what do you guys think of LeBron? You think he did a good job? I thought he was good. You know, he's fine. For what this movie is, he is doing all that he can. I mean, I'm not going into this expecting him to be Daniel Day fucking Lewis, who uh, should play Galactus. Is some of the line delivery a bit awkward? Sure. So that line in the trailer had me a little bit worried. Uh, <laughs> what in the Matrix but, Hell? Well, no, no. no. What in the Matrix Hell is the amazing line? It's right before when he just goes, Dom! He, he just kind of goes, Dom, in the trailer. It's like, like zero, zero emotion. I, I think they might have just ADR'd that line because it looks like the same take, but... It sounded better. It does sound better. You did a good thing. Yeah, I thought he was... I mean, Austin, you seem to disagree with me saying he was fine. Good. Okay, so have you ever heard of the gay porn Catalinaville? I think it's from, like, 1998. <laughs> of course I, I have. I'm a gay porn connoisseur. So there's a, there's a scene early on where LeBron James is sitting down to play his video game with Dom, and he says... Wait, in the gay porn? No, no, no. In, in Space Jam. <laughs> In Space Jam, he's sitting down with Dom, and he's just like, all right, show me some of those combo moves. And it has the same exact cadence as a line from this gay porn where the guy's like, throw some numbers at me. Like, they say it exactly the same. Let me see a couple of those combo moves. Okay, throw me some numbers. Listen, Michael Jordan had the protection that he he was put in places where he could only be comfortable because that movie didn't ha- try to have themes all Michael Jordan had to do was act like a legend and a god. Listen, also, there's no fucking excuse because we all saw Uncut Gems. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett can act as fucking balls well, uh, Okay, but hold on. This is Kevin Garnett, the greatest t- the greatest player in Minnesota Timberwolves history, all right? Kevin Garnett uh, gives 172% at everything he does, all right? It is not fair to compare anyone to Kevin Garnett. How's <laughs> <laughs> about the Goon Squad? You guys like the Goon Squad? You know what? They, there should have been like more with the actual players that they stole the talents from because Clay Thompson is like a really funny guy in real life. Back in, I want to say 2015, the Golden State Warriors once went on like a 20 plus game winning streak, which is a lot of games in a row to win. And uh, this winning streak was preceded by a fan going to Clay Thompson, asking him to sign his toaster, autograph a goddamn toaster. And then they went on a 20-plus game winning streak, all right? Clay Thompson, by the way, also probably smokes more weed than Snoop Dogg. The man is constantly high. It's absolutely hilarious, all right? Anthony Davis, he has a unibrow. Damian Lillard, oh, my God, Damian Lillard with his time powers? That was, like, the most OP shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) When he was just like, I am going to do bullet time. I thought that this movie had really inconsistent sort of, because you remember the Pepe Le Pew controversy before this came out, right? Oh, God, I want to die. Right. So, meanwhile, they have The Nuns from The Devils, a film so bad Warner Bros. won't release it, The Rapists from A Clockwork Orange, and the most, the worst of all is is a scene called Dame Time? Who calls women dames anymore? (laughs) Dame Time? 
Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. That guy's name is Damian Lillard. His nickname is Dame. Oh! I was wondering why they used the word Dame it's not in 2021. It's not a sexism. It's just a dude. It's just a guy. So Austin lost a little bit of steam on his argument. I will uh, throw. I'll throw another coal into his fire to help his uh, his argument. Out. I'm so sorry. Um, so to replace that with Dame time, let, let's not forget about the uh, the War Boys, the guys who were uh, minions to go and get back the sex slaves from Mad Max. Listen, to be fair to to be fair to the Warner Brothers Corporation party, the Clockwork Orange characters, the the movie got Clockwork Orange doesn't want you to laugh at what they're doing. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to find Pepe Le Pew funny. I don't know. I feel like there's a difference there. You know what? Maybe Warner Brothers would be able to have more characters in the audience if they had more kid-friendly properties besides fucking Looney Tunes. That's what I think is so funny about this. They treat the Looney Tunes like shit in this PG movie, and the Looney Tunes are the one property kids are gonna know from that whole fucking thing. Maybe King Kong and the Justice League people. But no, it's so funny that there's just this mishmash of people from, like, X-rated, hard R-rated, like, fucking dark, grisly movies. That, that's the other question. What fucking kids nowadays know who Yogi Bear and the Flintstones are? Hey, wasn't that shark there? Hey, there was a Yogi Bear move uh, recently as 10 years ago. Yes. The shark was and there. And the mystery machine. There was, oh, yeah. the, there was the mystery machine. So, so, but, but, but we never saw the gang. We never saw the Scooby gang. Uh, okay, I got this on the Goon Squad. This is what the Goon Squad is comprised of with pictures. Ahsoka from the Clone Wars, the blue guy from Space Jam 1 with the RTX turned on, the Abyss Monster's <laughs> hot cousin, CGI Medusa, and they all look like hostile Hotel Transylvania characters. Oh, by the way, this reminds me. If the first movie caused a furry uprising with Lola Bunny, oh my god, you're gonna have so many kids that want to fuck snakes. Oh. Or spiders. Snakes or spiders? We're going to grow up with children that want to fuck snakes and spiders. Oh, because kids these days, they fap to, like, the 3D animated porn on X videos? Is that a real... Yeah, basically. Ah, that's so low quality. Yeah, but also, like, listen, listen, I'm not going to lie. That tarantula was pretty hot. Hey, so do either of you know the picture of the seagull with the buff arms photoshopped on it that says, has science gone too far? Yeah, yeah, no, I love that thing. I, wanna, I love that thing. I want to make a variation of that meme for when Wiley e. Coyote is using the prestige machine to win most of the points in the game. Where where is Wiley e. Coyote's recognition? That dude scored over like nine hundred points. All right, all right. That guy was the MVP of the fucking forever. That Wiley e. Coyote saved the universe, but everyone just jacked off about Bugs' death. Wiley e. Coyote sacrificed his body for those points, man. Wiley e. Coyote just sacrifices his body for everything. Damn it! <laughs> what a king. Where's my Wiley e. Coyote recognition? All right. Fuck bugs. Fuck Lola. Hey, I'll, I'll say this. You want to know where your Wiley e. Coyote re- recognition is? It's where gonna is be it? Cu- it's going to be coming, I want to say, either next year or the year after, because guess who is writing a, or co-writing a Wiley e. Coyote movie? Oh, Sam Levinson and Joss Whedon. My boy James Gunn is co-writing <laughs> a Wiley e. Coyote movie. What the fuck? Yeah, he's helping out with a Wiley e. Coyote movie. It's fucking yes. insane. Yes. Damn, Frenick, thank you for having your finger on the James Gunn pulse at all times. My my finger is always on that trigger. You just need to give me an excuse, damn it. I'll do it. Give me an excuse and I'll... Ryan Coogler produced this. You think he's proud? <laughs> I think so. 
You think he did a good? You think Ryan Coogler took a step back and said, "Yeah, yeah, I did it." He he managed to actually get this fucking thing made. Yeah. God, they've been trying to make Space Jam two since like the year two thousand. All right, this is a movie twenty years in the making. It's like the Duke Nukem Forever of basketball movies. It basically is. They've been trying to make another Space Jam movie. I'm pretty sure there was a version floating around at some point that would have Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, in it. Who's ready for Tanner's trivia corner? Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys ready for some hot fire trivia? Because there's actually a lot for this one. Bring it. Like I was saying before, this was not the first iteration of a Space Jam 2 to be attempted to be developed. There was one way back in the year 2000s, but it wound up falling apart. So they wound up starting development on a movie called Spy Jam, starring Jackie Chan. Right? Fuck. And then... Jackie Chan left the project, so you know who they bring on? They bring on a man called Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and then they make Looney Tunes back in action. All right? Hell yeah. But this is where Looney Tunes back in action is a crime. All right? This is why I don't like Looney Tunes back in action. You ready for this? Looney Tunes back in action bombed at the box office, which made them cancel Skate Jam, a movie that would have starred the Looney Tunes and Tony Hawk! What? What? We were robbed, we were bamboozled, led astray, and flat out deceived. <laughs> Isn't there like... There's concept art of Skate Jam that exists that proves that it is real. Okay. This is the first uh, Looney Tunes film to not have June for a voicing granny because she died four years ago. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's pretty noticeable that she's gone. You want to hear some bullshit? Sure. Yeah. Half Susie had been set to reprise her role as, as Lola Bunny because she voiced her in the first movie. She had all her dialogue recorded, but for, quote, unknown reasons, she was replaced by Zendaya during post-production. All right, uh, now I just fucking hate this. That's this is bullshit. Just like post-production. This is just like the Thing sequel when they did all the practical effects and replaced it with CG at the last minute. For the record, that's probably not Zendaya's fault. I would doubt that she was made aware she was stealing the role from someone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fuck um, you, Warner Brothers. I, I'm going to go change my letterbox review of this now. This is <laughs> half, half star, worse than Malcolm and Marie. Congratulations, Zendaya. You've made it to the, the bottom two of my list. <laughs> You've done it again. And you know what? You're probably going to fuck up Dune, too. So. <laughs> uh, so the lighting effects on the Looney Tunes characters were done by ILM, specifically the 2D segments. This is the first time that ILM, ILM has done lighting effects on a 2D animated characters. In a live-action movie since 1988. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yep, you got it. Boom! Fuck you! Uh, (laughs) Wonder Woman is voiced by Rosario Dawson, reprising her role from the movie Wonder Woman Bloodlines. So there was someone who, I can't remember if he was attached to direct it or just attached to produce it, but Justin Lin left the production of this movie so he could go make Fast Furious 9 and Fast 10. Uh, Bob Bergen is the only voice actor from the original film to return. He voices Tweety. Bob Bergen? Isn't that a show? That's Bob's Burgers. Ah. Burgers. Burger. Burger. I'm going to McDonald's. Do you want anything? Hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> Hamburger. I'm not going to lie. I think this could have used some more Bob's Burgers, but I forgot. Oh, yeah, that was a Fox property. The Bob's Burgers movie was supposed to come out this year. What happened? 
Uh, not sure. I, I want that to come out already. Damn it! Give me the Bob's this is, Burgers. It's movie. your fault. You know what? It's your fault, Joe. We blame you. All well, right. resources were diverted to Legally Blonde three. <sighs> okay, that's fine. I can live with that. Originally, this was the sequel for Space Jam two was going to have Michael Jordan's and Looney Tunes basketball game against a new villain called Berserko. Uh, ultimately, Michael refused to come back for a sequel. However, I think they could retool this now. Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes uh, fight up against, not against Berserko, but Steve-O. Crossover with the Jackass movies. There we go. <laughs> Warner Bros. Call me. And that's how they bring in the OC, because he did a cameo on the OC. I got it in! Yes! Play the theme! <laughs> uh, by the way, Clay Thompson, who plays the water fire guy, uh, tore his ACL prior to filming, so he doesn't actually do any of his basketball stunts because he wasn't supposed to do basketball actions on the fucked up knee ligament. Uh, LeBron actually sustained an injury during the production of the movie due to the 14 hours a day filming schedule that I believe made him miss a preseason game in the next NBA season. Marvin the Martian ship is numbered. Did you guys notice this? Did you guys notice this? What? No. A113. We got one in. A113. It's in all the Pixar movies. It's this animation classroom that a lot of the great CG animators all went to. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Skate Jam earlier. Some of the other movies that were in various stages of pre-production were Golf Jam with, I believe, Tiger Woods and (laughs) Race Jam. Dude, I wish there was a movie called Race Jam. (laughs) Isn't that just Crash, the 2005 movie? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you need to re- it's the poster for Crash, you know, with the fight was one of the crying. And except the same Crash, it just says Race Jam in the Space Jam font. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, my God. Uh, LeBron James at the end says Taco Tuesday, which is something that LeBron James did a lot. Oh, that was like something he said a lot in 2018, 2020, because his family would always have tacos on Tuesday. He later tried to trademark the term Taco Tuesday and failed. Who does he think he is? The Fine Brothers? LeBron James is actually a very avid gamer, which makes the entire premise of this movie just fake, false, a lie. He has like a photographic freak man memory. So he used to beat the shit out of all of his friends in Shaq Fu. Guy was an absolute king. Space Jam 2 was first announced in 2011. One proposed idea is that it wouldn't be about basketball. It would be about football and it would start Tim Tebow because I live in hell. Thank God that movie didn't happen. I would have been in uh, never-ending pain. Football makes for lame movies. I'm sorry. Hey, any given Sunday rules, fuck you. Bye. Yeah, in The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. And also Friday Night Lights was like one of the best TV shows of the 2000s. Friday Night Lights is good. I'll give you that. Kyle Chandler, put me in, coach. Be my dad. Um, this movie was originally supposed to be directed by Terrence Nance, but he stepped down due to, quote, creative differences. What creative, what did he think he was getting into? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what did he think he was getting into? Dude, you're, <laughs> dude, you're not Terrence Malick. Terrence uh, Nance, contact us. We want the full scoop. Okay, this is funny. Zero out of three people found this interesting. The Mask is not played by Jim Carrey, but in fact, his stunt double. Really, you're telling me they didn't get Jim Carrey for that <laughs> five-second background cameo? Holy shit, next you're going to tell me that that wasn't really Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Fun fact, the lady who plays the nun uh, in this in the background, she's very active on Twitter. She was a finalist for The Voice in Australia. You can find her very easily. There's a lot of BTS pictures of her in the outfit, and it's from what she thinks, uh, one of the original outfits 
from the production of The Devils. Like, they just kept that thing around and threw it on her. They still... Why? Okay, okay. I can justify the Clockwork Orange people inclusion. I can justify the War Voids inclusion. Why the fuck are you going to cool in a cameo from a movie you refuse to... Do you guys have any final thoughts on Space Jam 2? <laughs> I'll let Austin go first. I actually saw this movie right after I went to the eye doctor and I got my eyes dilated. So I probably looked like the perfect focus testing consumer with these big beady eyes, just like no, no fucking iris, just pupil. And I actually had a pleasantly warm time with it. I thought that there were certain things you could do different, but who knows? It's Space Jam 2. After all this time, I think that honestly kids are going to like this one just as much as we liked Space Jam back in the day. I'm a little suspicious of all the people who are saying, like, this is the death of cinema because this is mostly harmless. It has its ups and downs. Uh, I I guess um, it was it was cool to see the Looney Tunes again. It's like my final my final thing. All right, Renick. You know, Austin, I will kind of uh, <clears throat> jump on your thing about how you were you were saying that kids are going to like this. So Tanner and I saw it in a packed theater with a bunch of children. We were probably the only white people there, too, because um, <laughs> I don't remember seeing a single other white person. It was a mostly black families, which for starters, I think that's really fucking cool that there's a kid's movie with a black father-son uh, relationship, they've got Space Jam. And this, they, they seem to really dig it. I think that's really cool. From my my dumb, idiot, white guy perspective, uh, it's fine. I don't really have anything too negative to say about it. And even if I did, I have to look in a mirror and ask myself, is, is it worth it? No, it's Space Jam 2. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't really judge this movie on, like, a, a critical scale like you would most other movies. This this kind of has, like, its own realm on which you judge it at. And on that realm, it's fine. Check it out. Uh, I, I saw this with Renick. There was a crying baby in the theater, and even though there was a bunch of children in the theater, I'm pretty sure I was the most excited to see it. He was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Uh, I, 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 the movie did make me cry, by the way. But it did. Also, I, I cried at the Clifford movie trailer that played before the movie, so I, I just think I cried too much. Um, <laughs> he said, he said, we'll make him grow if you love it a lot. And he said, and then she said, nobody will ever hurt us, Clifford. And I went, ah. We also sat in the very front row, which fucking sucked. <laughs> no, that was great. LeBron James looks like this gigantic monster. It was hilarious. <laughs> and you know what else is hilarious? The fact that people watch this podcast. You. That is uh, funny. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening to any of the audio platforms we're on, please go ahead and leave us a review because it helps boost us in the algorithm. If you are watching this podcast on YouTube. Thank you very much for watching. Go ahead and go down to the comment section below and let us know what do you think of Space Jam 2? If you hate it, I don't care. I don't care. I'm better than you. I'm a better man than you. You are beneath me if you dislike this movie. Eat my ass. What do you think of the original Space Jam and do you want to see more Space Jam movies? Comment below and let us know. While you're down there, please go ahead and hit the like button so we can know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button. So we can know how much you love us and go ahead and hit the bell icon. So you can know exactly when we upload new videos. Thank you very much for watching. Make sure you tune in next week when Renick hosts a podcast about the specials, the uh, underrated uh, Craig Mazin directed James Gunn written uh, cult film that is very obscure. 
Yeah, we'll be talking about that one. And uh, thank you very much for watching. Make sure to tune in next week. I will see you guys next time. Peace, bitches.